there was an idea to bring together a remarkable group of Marvel Crisis Protocol players to see if they could give something more to the community. The Christmas Present Initiative. Last Christmas, we gave you the 18 days of Christmas, one for each affiliation. This year, we're doing it bigger and better. Not just every affiliation, but every leader will get their own episode. 33 leaders, one massive present to the MCP community. Hello and welcome to another Christmas Present Initiative episode. I'm Jacob and I'm joined by my good friend Charles, aka Omnis. How are you doing, Charles? I am doing very well. I, I have my evening beer and my Danger Room hoodie on. I am I am ready for this. Excellent. I'm glad, glad to hear you're appropriately attired. Uh, and who would you like to give us as a gift this Christmas? Well, we're going to do uh, Midnight Suns, a.k.a. Blade, or, you know, some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill. <laughs> okay. Uh, what is the thing that you're, you think is the most iconic part of the Midnight Suns roster? You know, I really have gone back and forth on this, right? You know, when they first came out, it's like another affiliation with Wakanda Forever. And so Siege of Darkness is super cool. But then there's this like placement leadership um, and they do have an interesting affiliation list. So like, what is the best part? It's still, it's probably affiliated voodoo. Let's be honest. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but strong tactics cards, in conjunction with a really like solid leadership that only is going to probably do more and more in this, uh, this current age of uh, options. Okay. So <clears throat> of the tactics cards, then let's start there. Seeing as you mentioned them, which ones, I mean, you mentioned the Wakanda forever uh, analog. Yeah. How important is siege of darkness and the siege of darkness turn in a midnight suns roster? I mean, I think you can certainly build for it, but honestly, I have concerns that that might actually be a mistake. Um, my roster is definitely not tuned heavily for Siege, uh, and I find out more often than not, as I try to like build to the Siege turns, um, it, it's it's not a not a super essential play. I am usually pretty happy if I'm just getting like an extra voodoo attack or an extra Doctor Strange attack and maybe a Moon Knight, you know, but it's not essential. Like it's not something I'm built for. So you're not leaning heavily on the attrition side, which you could, right? Um, it has some elements to that, but it's, it, it, it has some strong attrition elements, but I'm, I'm not leaning heavily into the siege unless the situation kind of uh, just presents itself. How do you categorize the way they play then? Is it a, a reactive roster that you've, you, where you see them? So this is more of a hybrid uh, attrition control build that's meant to just like have solid mobility, have solid scenario options, but can also win some key 1v1 fights, that sort of thing. Um, and so it is, it is a lot more reactive, which is, you know, I guess your core question. Um, you really want to be kind of playing to counter what your opponent's doing, or, you know, if they're just like walking into it, you know, you just play your, play your thing. Some people have felt that, you know, with some very good cards and some very good affiliated characters, the one thing maybe holding Midnight Suns back might be the leader, that Blade doesn't quite cut the mustard. What's your take on that? 
Um, he is obviously not my favorite four threat. And I would even go so far as to say when, when I first saw Blade and saw the affiliation, I wasn't that interested. And then at the time that I had come back to the game, Midnight Suns was not out in the US, but it was out in the UK. And I was watching, it just seemed like every game I watched online was Midnight Suns. And I got to admit, they they pulled me in and I placed an order to get um, Blade and Moon Knight. And to be honest, I already had Voodoo on the way because as soon as I saw that card, I was like, that's busted as fuck. Hmm. Um, and But they have like affiliated Doctor Strange, which is one of my favorite characters in MCP. And so I, uh, you know, I, I kind of dove in, but they've been kind of this like side project. And it's been really hard to get a list that fully sings that really brings together all the elements and this is certainly a roster that if i had 15 character slots i could fill those 15 no problem <laughs> there's so many interesting things that i like in suns for different situations well let's dive into the roster a bit more then so we've clearly we've got blade which of the other affiliated characters are you reading um i ended up going with voodoo Black Cat, which has not been a popular option in Suns, but has been popular elsewhere. And I think she actually is really strong here. And then Moon Knight is my three, uh, OG Doctor Strange, and then Wong ended up making the cut. So Wong's an interesting one. What's the role he's playing here? So I I ended up playing around with double twos in this um, a number of different times and I actually found that it, it it solved some math situations that allowed me to play five wide with a five threat and um, blade and voodoo at 17 which I ended up finding that I really liked um, and I I wanted the option to be able to play juggernaut at 17 and still be five wide with voodoo um, and so Wong kind of became essential for that. And he, you know, he just has worked solidly as a two in, in that, in, you know, kind of in that setting. Okay. So it's more about the maths than, than about the, any particular text that Wong's bringing. Yeah. I, I've played around with the Wong slot being uh, both Black Widow or Nebula um, as they can do really interesting things like with the bump. Um, Nebula can actually like bring a whole lot of pain, like, being able to long move bump uh you know into range of things and um put a lot of pain wherever she needs to but i found overall i like the ability to play wong to power up the other characters power up black cat or power up voodoo or um kind of hang back and control a point um and he he did his job and he just he him being in the roster started opening up more options for me um, as I got into different builds. Um, and then there's some 20 threat builds that can end up including him as well. Okay. You think Voodoo then is the most played of your affiliated characters after Blade? Yes, I would say Voodoo makes the cut a vast majority of the time. There are some situations where I've just not felt Voodoo is super necessary. Um, and I, I might play a core of like, blade doctor strange moon knight and then round things out from there um when the when that situation presents itself but that's not super common and then you mentioned black cat who can can be included for similar reasons to voodoo with uh extraction anagons right um is there yeah. there's kind of times when you don't want voodoo i guess you also don't want cat 
Not necessarily. Sometimes Black Cat's speed is just really relevant. And, um, you know, she, she just, she brings a lot of mobility. She can still stagger people there. Yep. There are times that I would play Black Cat and not play Voodoo, but I find one of my main cores is actually Blade Voodoo Black Cat. Um, and then round rounding out the team from there um, is something, but even though this was something that I kind of bounced back and forth with Dizzard and we were experimenting with it a lot. And while I do like it and it's an important part of the team, I don't think that comes up more than say 40% of games. Okay. Uh, what about some of the splash characters then? You already mentioned one or two, I think, haven't you? Yeah. So um, Juggernaut made the cut. Uh, Bullseye ends up being my other two because I do find this team often leaves people on one. Um, and there's obvious bleed synergies with Blade um, and Parting Shot can protect Bullseye at times. And even though he's a medium mover, often hit and run can help him set up key um, key positioning. And then he does often have power for the leadership. So he, he just has synergized really well. And then uh, my last two slots are meant to be an unaffiliated three and an unaffiliated four. And these are kind of the two most flexible slots in the whole roster. Most of the time, my favorites have been Zemo and, and Black Panther kind of classics i don't think anybody's surprised that these characters are great but i've just loved the long move and and bump to like get to a center demon or get to you know a midline extremist uh midline intrusions where black panther can like walk bump and then push someone off the point zemo starts getting the attrition rolling and his re-roll can really like amplify blades game um but I have found that in the Zemo slot, I've experimented with Craven because obviously he has cool synergy with Bump, uh, and I've liked that a lot. He's got the built-in reroll, so he kind of he kind of functions on a similar damage output, and he can kind of crank up things for the rest of the team. So if you want to get away from Zemo, Craven's really good, and then Mystique kind of does the same thing. She can walk Bump. She gives you access to Deception. Um, if I gained a slot in this list. <laughs> I would probably add another one of these threes is like the hardest thing to cut because um, I would love to have two um, two of these three threats um, to have the option to play both of them with the core of Voodoo, Black Cat, and Blade. Um, and then I've also really liked Ronin as my other four. He's probably the one that competes with Black Panther the most because of his medium move and the 50 millimeter base. He can also walk, bump, be on a point, potentially knock someone off. Um, and he can he can skew the attrition game in an interesting way where once, you know, if someone tries to attack him, then he can hand out judgment and then you can put it, then it kind of opens up some siege options where you're like, I don't even have to kill them. They're not going to get any power. So I can just soften them up if I want to. Um, and then I've actually been experimenting a little bit with Logan. That's obviously hadn't had a huge window, but he is a character I'd like to explore more in that slot. Mm. I think it's worth saying as well, Mystique has some cute synergy with uh, Siege of Darkness, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned it in the Pat episode. If you siege during her activation, people can't bodyguard. They can't add dice to their defenses with superpowers, that sort of thing. Um but again, I'm, I'm really not built towards Siege, so that isn't the more critical part. Um, but uh, Mystique does, 
she does add a lot of layers because deception can be used kind of as a control technique. It can bring a key extract character into threat ranges and, you know, just her being able to like walk bump and then like shoot somebody multiple times, or she doesn't have to bump first. Like she could shoot them twice and then decide what she wants to do. And maybe she bumps backwards and gets out of um, the range three reprisal because of stealth. There's, there's a lot of options. What about, um, so I'm interested in Juggernauts, what role he plays and uh, how you play him on the table. Um, so he does all sorts of crazy bullshit in, in Midnight Suns. Um, and he is probably my most played unaffiliated character as it is right now. Um, because, um, so say I have cubes as one of my extracts. And so there are times where I will choose cube, I will choose uh, extracts with priority because I not I don't really actually feel bad on almost any secure. There's there's very little that I feel actively bad on with Suns, and so I may specifically choose my extracts. And uh, Jugs can do the thing that people do with like Avengers Assemble with Hulk, where Jugs can walk forward, gain two power, bump grab the center cube, walk backwards, grab another cube. And so he can grab two right away. And if, you, if you're if you losing priority and you don't want to have the center one, with bump, he can actually like walk, bump, walk, and grab a cube on your opponent's side of the table or someone's spider. And he still has a power for a nerd to pain. And so he's he's really hard to take down. Um, and he just he just gets all over the place. Like if you want to just threaten midline, right he can walk bump and be punching people on the midline and then maybe gets to slide afterwards you know if he gets a couple of power he's just he's just all over the place and he makes insane use of bump you mentioned hulk there have you experimented much with hulk as uh, a midnight sun because a lot of people I like the idea of bumping hulk and it's it's great my problem with it is is that it's hard to justify the slot because he doesn't end up fitting in as enough threat levels for me where like when the situation comes up and I feel comfortable playing Hulk and it's a threat level where I'm like still playing five wide. It's so good. The problem I have is with how many things I want to fit in this roster. Almost every other slot in here, I end up playing way more often than what Hulk gets to see. And so if you were playing this, and you like playing Hulk, and you found a character that you just weren't playing, like say you just don't play Black Cat, right? Like she's just not your jam, and you're not going to play her, and you're totally happy playing Moon Knight in that slot. Slot in Hulk, because it's great. It's really, really good. You know, for the same reasons, he does all the kind of stuff that Jugs can do. Um, You know, you walk and bump, and, you know, he can, like, even walk, bump, he can still guaranteed throw, even if he does no damage. It's, It's really good. Mm, okay let's flip our attention we've talked a bit about them to tactics cards which of the affiliated ones did you end up going with um so i do have both siege and bats the ghost hound um and i will say the more i've played bats the more it might actually be um more important than siege where i have found the more i play it the more there are situations where bats is literally the difference between a character dazing and not dazing. It happens all the time where it's just like, oh, if I just get this wild on blade, then that character is dazed and loses their activation. 
or it can be the thing that keeps Doctor Strange alive. Um, and like, also, like, there's multiple situations where it can be um, two damage offensively because Blade has Pierce, Voodoo on the Spender. Like, if you change something to a Wild, it's a success plus destroying one of their power and they're taking a damage. You know, um, Black Cat also has Pierce. That doesn't come up very often, but time and time out, Bats has literally meant oh no, you actually daze that character. Or your character lives when you thought they were going to daze. And it's like a whole act. It, the card just generates an activation or denies an activation in almost every game. Mm, it's a really good way of looking at it. So I think a lot of people look at it and think, man, this is going to make me hit my uh, tr uh, triggers on uh, Doctor Strange's spender. Make sure, I, make sure I give you an activated token. That is adorable. I don't use that spender. <laughs> Dude, Doctor Strange's builder is so good, and I'm going to heal and hand out defensive rerolls. Spenders are for chumps. Blade spenders. Uh, there are times when spenders can be game changing, but uh, yeah, there actually are a few spenders in this. Yeah, Blade actually has a really solid spender, um, and I think it's worth noting that say if you play on the new senators, right. Um, you can end up in situations where you like you walk, you pick up a senator, and then you're like, well, I can't move, but you can spend her, which then gives you a movement. <laughs> yep. And um, that's super value. Like all of the movement shenanigans, like as as I was thinking about this, I was almost like, do I want X23 in this list? Um, and when we get to the rest of the tactics cards, it's the reason why no matter the cost ended up becoming one of the last as like it's heavily in there as additional senator's tech mm, or almost uh in the way you might have um previously you might have had climbing gear just to get that extra reposition it's kind of can play a similar role with some of the characters you've brought right yep and it, i mean it's also uh i'm playing scrolls so there's always the chance that you you get moved after picking something up um, and so having, having the ability to get yourself back to the secure or back to where you want to attack, like all of the movement options are a really big deal. What about, uh, your restricted cards then? All right. Uh, I will, I mean, this is pretty basic and I don't think any, it's super crazy. It's just brace and sacrifice. Um, uh, the main thing, like, especially if you're going to play Dr. Strange, like brace is like kind of an essential for Dr. Strange will just die to that kind of stuff. Um, it can also like keep one of your twos up in a key moment where you need that activation, that sort of thing. Um, both Zemo and black Panther, they don't love stuff being thrown at them. Like Zemo doesn't get his reroll. Black Panther doesn't get account blanks. Um, it just all helps. And it just like shifts the consistency a bit. I don't think we have to talk about that that much. Um, but then sacrifice, because I will often have a two. It is pretty common that a two makes it in. I mean, I would say I'm probably playing a two 50 to 60% of the time. And a lot of time I am totally happy to have like one of the twos just like take a hit. Um, and especially when you're running Doctor Strange and Wong and you can heal people back up, you know, having Wong or Doctor Strange healing Black Panther is kind of insane. And like when people like make a physical attack into Doctor Strange and then you sacrifice it onto Black Panther and the Doctor Strange activates, shoots you, pushes you away, gets the power, heals Black Panther back up, your, your opponents just kind of cry on the inside. <laughs> yep. Can confirm. 
<laughs> yeah, as a as a Wakanda slash defenders player, you know, <laughs> across from me right now, I'm sure you 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 get that more than most. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and some characters that healing is just more valuable on and Black Panther feels like one of those characters, right? Yeah. Every health, you know, we've all been in that situation where you're like, okay, Black Panther's at one. I'm just going to kill him with my first activation next round because I can get one damage through. And then he gets patched up or something and you're like, oh, damn it. I forgot. Oh, that's so stressful. Um, and bumping Black Panther just gets to like all the angles that he wants. Um it's it's pretty insane. Um, what about uh, character cards then? All right, obviously we're playing Juggernaut, so we're playing. Uh, Do you know who I am? Um, and then uh, I've got mission objective, face me, fallback, recalibration matrix, and then no matter the cost. Obviously, if you if you shift some things in here, like if you play Mystique instead of Zemo, I would probably drop recal for deception um but there's some room to play around with that um and then if you were going to play like logan instead of black panther i would run um uh get some air gotta get some air trying to remember what that card is called the air card yep uh and you mentioned x23 maybe you'd consider exceptional healing as well as a yes yeah i would work that in if uh if you swap for that slot um she's I I think one of the main reasons why I don't run her in this is because I play her all the time in a bunch of other things, and so I try to like take breaks from her because she's so good. Um, but she's not she's not a long mover. She doesn't have as much synergy, but she is just a really really solid character. Yeah. Let's turn our attention to crises then, because I think crises okay. often tell you a lot about your your strategy and your your style that you're looking for, and just casting my eyes down your crises that you've got here, they seem a little bit all over the place. <laughs> they, they are. Um, I, I 100% agree. Um, so I will say that I really often actually take extracts with them because I like to control that part of the game. And even now with the new crisis, there's there's a lot of range of things that you can deal with now on the extract side. I really like cubes for how this team plays. Um, it can be a little rough. Like if you end up like on cubes at 15 or something, like if your opponent brings gamma, that could be a little rough, but I really like how this team has played with cubes. Um, Montessi gets a lot, like I always liked Montessi for them, but it always frustrated me that it gave an energy attack, which then would often like kill blade. Cause he's like, Oh God, now I'm three energy defense and you've got a six dice attack and I can't reroll against it. Like you're surprised how tanky blade actually is when he's going up against like medium power um, mystic and physical attacks. And so he actually like can survive quite a bit and then like bleed people and heal it back up. He can be really good. Um, And so I like also that there's the central point because you can have jugs like walk, bump, grab it, move back. And now he's got a mystic beam as well. And like, they're going to have a really hard time getting that from him. And even if a black cat or something steals it from him, he can chase people down and go get it back. Um, the third extract was a little weird. Um, I tried a lot of different things. I actually still think I would consider spider infected, but as I started testing the new scrolls, um, I really like it. The bump allows for some ability to like, say have jugs grab a center one. And even if he pushes 
um he could still have like a full movement backwards um and you know you've just got a lot of solid characters in here that don't mind making that physical role but if you don't want to experiment with the new ones as much um i would be perfectly fine playing spider infected in that slot but 20 also does some nice things for midnight suns being able to like play with more of the toys so to speak yeah i think so. certainly i totally agree with you on cubes and montessi they always loved except for the energy attacks which have now gone away and been replaced with mystic which i think is great for them um especially with characters like dr strange in there too yeah 100 percent uh, do you want to just remind us what new scrolls is like because it's a bit different to old scrolls scrolls has uh the two the c's on the outside and then instead of having one in the middle there's two um and they're both kind of like just slightly offset from the middle so you can have um you know a non-slow character walk up grab that middle one and then back up um and for some people, you know, they can, you know, if they fail it, they can move forward and your team has a lot of ways to like put pressure on them for that. Um, and if they're bringing high physical defense, you have a lot of non-physical attacks like the energy from Doctor Strange, the mystic from Blade, Voodoo. Um, you have a lot of ways to punish people if they if they go up and get pushed. What about secures then? What have you decided to bring with them? So I've got Demons, Intrusions, and Mutant Madmen. Um, I think choosing Secures for Midnight Suns is going to vary quite a bit based on your play style. Um, demons, I just think, because I'm running Voodoo, it gives me a character who's going to be immune to Incinerate. Um, and this team has a huge amount of ability to put pressure on someone who walks to the middle. Um, and so it can it can really start swinging that attrition game forward um, very, very early. Um, Intrusions puts the three spots across the middle of the table. You no longer take damage for teleporting now. Um, and again, you can, you can easily end up playing a team where everybody's making attacks on the midline. Blade, not so much. He, he is often a, an extract holder, and you find, I find that I'm throwing his, uh, his little batarangs you know, more often than you would think, but, um, uh, it puts a lot of pressure. Um, and then, uh, the last slot ended up being mutant madmen. Um, I actually really like how, um, Dr. Strange and, um, Moon Knight can put a lot of pressure on the opposing side right away. Um, the bump gives you a lot of control. Like you can end up being in range of someone and then like bumping out of range, um, sometimes the range four attacks, you don't move quite far enough forward to catch someone on the back of a B, but with bump, you can still catch them with that. Um, and so it puts a lot of pressure and the team is running a fair amount of four physical defense, but I just, I, Suns are just kind of solid across the board on a lot of secures. You can really shift these for your personal preference. And literally, there was a uh, there was a post in my Discord probably a half an hour ago that was like, um, "I don't want to live in a world where Midnight Suns doesn't play Gamma." And I was like, "Well, uh, I'm not playing Gamma. I don't like the 15 threat for them. Um, I I think the layout is just fine." Um, and they can threaten the back in interesting ways. But um, 
I found in general, I like to, f I would rather play in some of the higher threat levels. And so that it's also Montessi being 18 was, was really nice. And I liked that, that extra threat for them um, opens them up to really interesting team compositions. Yeah. They don't feel like they've got a secure that like is the slam dunk secure for them. They're like, man, they're so good on this in the way that some affiliations have. Right. Yeah. 100% agreed. And like, you know, and I think it's kind of, I think when you choose secures with Midnight Suns, it's going to be way more of a meta, meta call. Like, if you've got a local event, think about just the things that your opponents are playing and what they're good at. Um, and then don't play those. Yeah. Um, but you also, like, also I can't, like, yeah, I don't like Gamma, but that's the threat level, not necessarily the shape. Um, and so if they choose secures and force you onto gamma and then you get to choose a higher threat level and play on gamma, you're actually totally fine with that. You're like, Oh, I get to play gamma at 18 with Montessi. Yeah, I'm fine. Well, this, this works. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, and I think something which you've talked about in the past and have been a champion of this, uh, somewhat ahead of the curve is, uh, and I think is exemplified in this roster is not playing to your strengths, but trying to pick something which you're just a little bit better than your opponent on. Because you can argue for days like, who's the best on Scoundrels or who's the best on Gamma? But what you want to be doing is not going, I'm the best here. I go, but I just think I'm slightly better than you. It slightly advantages me to be on this rather than some, rather than some other crisis. And I do think that is the case. And that's, that is, I mean, it's part of my play style where I would much rather... Um, rather than go, I'm going to force, and maybe like at the very beginning, I was definitely one of the people that like force the thing that you're best at. Um, but it was probably only maybe six months into the game after losing a key game to Pagani where my mind shifted. And I started thinking a lot about, well, there's this wide variety, even, you know, at the time we, <laughs> I thought wide at the time, but now we're in this whole new world of crisis stuff. But, you know, I, you start noticing trends and how people build rosters and you can, you can kind of build for what the meta is less prepared for. Um, and I think the more that I've gone to conventions this year, the more that I've noticed that uh, I, I feel like in a, in a big way, the people that are doing well happen to be because they're playing teams where other people are giving them the crisis cards that they want. Hmm. Um, and I'll take, I will totally admit that like my run with X-Men at Adepticon, I was doing super well. I felt like I was very, basically every game I felt like I was getting crisis cards that I liked. Um, and it was just because that's the way the meta was playing. Um, and so I definitely think with Suns that in my mind, there isn't a hard line. These are the secures to play all the time. I think you, you make meta calls based on what you expect to see and you're like hey i'm going to this convention i know that these players are showing up they're playing these sort of things then i want to i want to shift away from that and like i think they're fine at spider portals i think they're better than most of the field but if you know that like nate from alfredo's size three taco truck and marvel crisis protocol podcast is coming playing x-men probably don't bring spider portals but uh, I do like that this team can put a lot of pressure on those side Ds that uh, that stress people out. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, how hard do you think this is as an affiliation to learn with some of the bump shenanigans and some of the maybe 
harder to use pieces like Blade and maybe to an extent Doctor Strange? Um, I would say it's above average. I wouldn't say that it's the difficulty of, say, like X-Men or Web Warriors. Um, It's some of the things is like just starts clicking because a lot of time you don't have to set up a bump. Right. It's not like playing X-Men where you got to like set up and make sure you have a character nearby. Like sometimes you're just like, oh, I'm just out. I guess I will bump and be in range. (laughs) Hallelujah. Um, And so it it can often be even at times a little forgiving for some of the newer players because you're like, oh, I mispositioned just a little bit. Well, you can just bump afterwards. And sometimes you like you position, you do some things and you check. You're like, oh, actually, I'm a little close to that character. All right, I'll just bump and move back. Like, you know, you, you have some options to kind of kind of fix things. But I do think that playing Midnight Suns, you need to have a good grasp of how the math works in MCP. Um, and um, say like Doomed Prophecy had a really good episode where they kind of talked about like the reality of the math and like some some good things you just kind of have in your head about how many successes. And the reality sometimes like the odds of you getting zero successes versus all successes might actually be the same amount. Mm. and um and it, i think it can be really easy to play sons and be like oh man i played siege and i just wrecked everything and then the next game you try to duplicate that and you play siege and you do like one damage and you're like this sucks and, and that's where it's just you just can't go all in on those things um and you got to be a little bit more opportunistic um and don't don't let the math bother you because this isn't black order or x-men red with red skull you know your your dice are kind of like everybody else's dice they're not significantly better you've got that one bats right that'll fix something yeah that like that you can use that in a key moment to just like sway a game and it's it's pretty crazy when you're like your opponent's like oh okay i live on one and you're like yeah actually you don't and yeah. how often you'd be like, I live on two, but you're like, no, with Pierce, you know, um, it, it, it can do some really important stuff. Or just sometimes with Doctor Strange, where you're pushing, where you want to push someone off a point, and you just need one damage through. And that like pushing them off the point can be like the breaking parity to to give you give you back control of the game. Yeah, that checks out. If you had uh one Christmas wish then a present from AMG maybe an affiliated character or a, a change or a reprint uh, to someone who would you be asking for for Midnight Suns well I uh, I will be totally honest I didn't know a lot about the background of Midnight Suns going into them they were actually one where I started like looking for comic books to read because I just thought they were kind of interesting and obviously I grew up in the generation of blade movies. So I always knew him. Um, but this concept of, I, I never really liked Dr. Strange, even after the first movie, I didn't really like Dr. Strange. I thought the movie was kind of bland. Um, but they've, they've grown on me, um, a lot. And so now, um, I know that Elsa is not always a part of Midnight Suns, but she has been a member at times. And with her just showing up in the um, the the Disney Plus one-off, like Werewolf by Night, Elsa Bloodstone showed up. I think she would be a really cool character 
um to add in but i'm also totally excited for man thing or werewolf by night would be um would be very cool additions yeah that makes sense Charles, it's always a pleasure recording with you. If people wanted to uh, get more Omnus in their life, which is strongly recommended, by the way, how would they go about doing that? <laughs> uh, well, um, I'm in the Danger Room Discord, so you're always welcome to reach out to me. I think right now I'm X- I'm Omnus, the X-Men cultist, um, thanks to Strike Better. Um, but you can, you can shoot me a message. I'm at the Omnus on Twitter and... Um, you can find Omnis Protocol on all of your major platforms. Spotify, I'm not great at linking it in the Danger Room um, uh, content channel um, as often as I probably should. But, you know, I have episodes going up every week. Um, I try to drag uh, Jacob on whenever possible. Um, actually love recording with Danger Room hosts just in general. You guys are sweet. Um when it when it came around to spotify like which podcast did you listen to most this year um it was danger room was my absolute my number one and that was not a surprise to me at all (laughs) so actually like on that topic as a person who has done three to four podcasts in a week before you should all go on the discord and thank the danger room team because they're recording like 30 episodes for you this is kind of an insane task I am surprised that you're doing it, but respect. It's been great having Danger Room content every week. And I've really enjoyed the Pat episode. I really enjoyed the Farmer episode. Um, And uh, I've just been like diving through them. Just really interesting content. And I think especially for new players, this is this is a really cool, really cool project that you've endeavored. Well, thank you for those kind words, Charles. And uh... With that, I shall wish you uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas, everyone.